What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. Sean and I are back again, getting back on track here. Today we went over the abysmal Game 7, the death of the Phoenix Suns. We also went over the other Game 7 between the Bucks and the Celtics, talked a little MLB, and then we talked some PGA. Follow us on Twitter at Sorry Sports, and we will be talking to you guys soon. Good, Sean. Not good. Uh, both lost in depressing fashion, one more than the other. Um, I think you could say yesterday three teams showed up yesterday to play two games. You need four. You need four teams. <laughs> you know, it's so funny because Boston handed Milwaukee, you know, a true ass whooping. That second half, they, you know, they absolutely dominated that game. And Tatum came alive and Giannis did all he could. The rest of the supporting cast didn't come along for the ride. They really missed Middleton. I was like, okay, well, that game sucked, but at least we've got another game seven. And, Tom, I didn't even last 20 minutes on that game. I knew when Luka had the same amount of points as the entire Suns team at the half, I was good. Yeah, we got a lot to talk about here. Um, Quickly, I don't think there's much to say about the Bucs and the Celtics. I think it's... It's really impactful as you get to these series where both teams are pretty evenly matched. Home home court advantage really matters. Yeah, I mean, you see somebody like like Grant Williams yesterday. I mean, have the game that he had. I don't know if he's having that on the road. Exactly, and I think if you flip the script and you put it put it in Milwaukee, maybe Pat Connaughton has that game. Maybe Bobby Portis. Yeah, Bobby Portis was the name that came to mind for me. Yeah, and obviously, you know, we talked about like last week when it seemed like Milwaukee had Boston on the ropes, you know, they're still going to miss Middleton. Uh, we we were maybe thinking ahead to the Eastern Conference final, but they ended up really missing Middleton, and, and Tatum, I think, has officially taken that quantum leap. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know, Sean, it, it, given the two teams on the other side, uh, maybe the Mavericks are a lot better than, than anybody in the world thought, except for maybe the Mavericks. Um but I really think we just watched the championship get won in that series. I really do. All right, let's talk Suns. Yeah, that's that's pretty much all you got to say about Milwaukee. I mean, hell of a year from the defending champs. Tough losing Middleton, Giannis, all-time player, top 20 player, great, one of the greats of all time. Let's get it. All right, where to start? Um, I... I I'm speechless, even almost 24 hours later. Um, you turned off the game. I proceeded to watch the entire game because I knew we were going to have to talk about it. I actually had notes out ready to write, and then Luca scored the first eight points of the game. And I put the notepad down and, and really didn't know what to say. Um, from a son's perspective, Devin Booker 
was being suffocated the entire night. Again, if you're going to be top four in the MVP and you're going to be an NBA first team All NBA, or you got to be better, but nobody really bailed him out teammates wise. Supporting cast, brutal. Cam Johnson seems to be the only one that showed up to play basketball that day. Maybe the only player on the Suns. That was the worst game I've ever seen in the playoffs, period. You know, I, I've seen some disappointing game sevens, and usually it's the home team doling out that, that ass whooping. Uh, you know, you talk about supporting cast. I mean, I, I didn't even realize Mikel Bridges was playing in this game. Yeah. Like, I I, I I didn't even realize that he was in the lineup. DeAndre Ayton got 17 minutes. That's it. And when asked about it, Monty Williams said it's internal. So yeah. he's played his last game in Phoenix. Good call there. Uh, but Tom, Simple you're right. Call. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we knew, we kind of saw this coming when they decided that they weren't going to sign the extension this past summer, almost a year ago now. But Tom, you're right. I saw Luca hit the first eight have the first eight points and hit a couple of those threes and he was talking shit and he was all up in Booker's grill. And I was just like, you know, this guy has played in games where there's like gunshots going off in arenas. Uh, and the hostility level is so different than even an NBA road game seven. He's 23 and he's played in enough games that have really high levels of significance more than guys who have been in the NBA and are 30, 31 years old. So he was ready to go, and, you know, Phoenix just obviously was not. And if you want to talk about anything else, please go, because I'm ready for our Chris Paul conversation whenever you are. Now, just, I mean, we're going to talk about the Mavericks after. We can't, we can't discredit what they did last night and put it all on the Suns because the other team had to execute, and they did it to perfection. That game was perfection on one side, and whatever the opposite word of perfection is, just to, to, if you could do everything wrong in a basketball Futility. game. Futility. Sure, that's a good one. If you could do everything wrong in a basketball game, that's pretty much what it looks like right there. Again, I don't know what's going on with the Aiton thing. He's not going to be there um, to, to play. I don't know if it was a mental thing for him, but he has really fallen apart at the end of this series. Um, and, I mean, Cameron Payne in there, Shamit, uh, I. This team's depth got absolutely shredded by the Mavericks. The Mavericks looked like the better team towards the end of the series. Um, and, yeah, uh, speaking of, you know, fading away at the end of the series, talk about just packing it in. Let's talk about Chris Paul here, man. Uh, it came out that he's got a quad or a hip or something. I don't give a shit. Don't care. Exactly. Yeah. Um, this guy's right up there with Charles, Charles Barkley, Reggie Miller for me. Oh, he's worse. He's worse than those two because he's had better teams. Yeah, I mean, going back. Yeah, to his... I mean, Barkley. No, go ahead. Uh, no, I, and I don't know what you were going to say. A couple years with the Sixers with Doc and Moses, I, I think you know. Um, and then obviously the time that MJ took the title from him, and then him going to Houston, he had a few good teams. But I mean, CP3 every year at the beginning of the Lob City Clippers, they seem to be falling short. Um, Again, in Houston, he gets hurt. Um, you know, you remember the Josh Smith year where him and uh, Corey Brewer went off with James Harden on the bench yeah. to beat that yep. Clippers team that Chris Paul was on. Um, 
going forward to last year. I don't. I think the better team won in the finals. I'm not going to take anything away, although they did go up what two zero two zero in the finals. Yep. I mean, yep. they go up what two zero in this series. This is this is the worst series loss for Chris Paul in a, in a long history of series losses when he comes up small, comes up tiny. Tom, it sucks, and this is this. I mean, you didn't even mention, you know, I mean, those Houston years where it was either hurt or, yeah, I said it, but I didn't go into detail. Like, right? I mean, I think we have to go into detail on those because in eighteen they were up three one. He he's part of a team that misses twenty eight consecutive threes, and then the next year, you know, whatever happened with Durant out, they find a way to lose. You could blame Harden, but I think looking back at it retrospectively, we can talk about we Harden briefly give, if you want to. We, no, we're we're going to we're going to, but this is we we've got to go a little bit before we do because if you just look at those two guys on the same team, yeah, shit, no wonder Houston blew those leads. But Chris Paul, I mean, man, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's everything. We've talked about this. It seems like every single summer since we've done this podcast, we've talked about an early exit for him. His you know, ironically, his one of his previous Game 7 losses was at the hands of James Harden in the bubble when Harden was still a rocket and uh, Chris Paul was on OKC. I, I've never seen I've never seen a great player come up so, so small in so many big games. And you can say Harden, sure. I think we all understand what Chris Paul does value-wise. It's probably more than James Harden. And the fact that he just takes teams to where they are. I mean, Phoenix, we fell in love with two years ago in the bubble. They won every game there. Didn't end up manifesting in anything. They bring him in. They go to game six of the finals and lose after being up 2-0. And now this. I mean... I think we can agree this this was his last kick at the can realistically right I mean even if Phoenix does a little makeover and him and Booker are still there I mean the the taste in their mouth from losing a game like this I, I I just don't know how you get up from it I just don't I think if you run it back with the Suns this is still a two-year recovery process a la the 07 Mavs um yeah you know and CP3 is not getting any younger and this team you know, their their depth was kind of shredded throughout the playoffs. They won 62 games, and they didn't look like a 62-win team even in their first-round series against the New Orleans Pelicans, who took them to six as an eight seed or whatever seed they were after the playing tournament, whatever it wanted, whatever it may be. They were the last seed in. It was 8-1, eight, was eight, was eight yeah. Um, and, yeah, it's just this is a gut puncher, especially, you, as you know, I've been team Suns all year. I really, really wanted to see Chris Paul get that ring. Not discounting everything that you've said about him. I'm, I'm in agreement there. Just as a fan of the game, I really wanted to see him pull this out. But, I mean, he's, he is on that short list now. And, I, again, I think the window for him, not for Booker, obviously. He's a young guy. He's probably 26, 27 years old. But for him, the window slams shut. He's on that list with, with – Ewing and and Sir Charles and Reggie and and uh, you know I think see that's... I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you for a second I take exception to that I I do because outside of maybe those Golden State years they, he was part of the team to beat you know Barkley we talked you we just talked about him yeah you know, Ewing always was running into the Bulls Reggie Miller was always sure running into the but Bulls. at the end of the day they're on that list they were never the t- 
sure, but they weren't the team to beat top. But Sean, Chris I'm just Paul saying it's a, it's a general list. That when that list gets brought up, Charles Barkley is at the very very top, and now I think Which Chris I Paul think surpasses him. There you go. I was just but he's say, but well, don't tell me he's not on that list. Don't tell me he's a top twenty player of all time and he's not on that list. Don't he's on me. the list. He's number two right now. Sure, but yeah, it, I I think we give a little too. I think we we don't really analyze the history enough sometimes when we talk about players that were on the team to beat that blew it. I mean, maybe those Sixers years with Charles. I, I don't think anybody would ever look back on those. Indiana teams are even as good as those Knicks teams were. And we're like, yeah, you should have beaten MJ or you should have beaten Olajuwon and, uh, and Drexler. I, I don't think that we do that. I think with Chris Paul, you brought up the Houston team with Harden on the bench that lost. <laughs> I mean, that, that beat the Clippers with Corey Brewer and Josh Smith. Like that, that's what I'm talking about. This is, this is now rarefied air. I think we've surpassed those other three and, and now it's just, it's just Chris Paul kind of at number one on his own. And the other three, if we're just doing historical context, are, are, are on the back burner. Sure, I'll give that to you. If, if, that, if that's what you want, I, I agree with you that he is okay. number one, ultimately. I mean, you're right. The, those Clippers years, especially pre-Warriors coming up in 2016, I mean, the, that they were seemingly the team to beat, the most talented team, and they I don't even know if they ever made it to a Western Conference Finals. Maybe they made it to one. Um, but, you know, Chris Paul to only have one Finals on the resume. I know Sir Charles only has one Finals, but like you said, he had to go through MJ all those years in the, in the Eastern Conference with the Sixers and then going over to Philly. I mean, yeah, Chris Paul's at the top of that list. It's – it's uh, and it sucks because he is probably a top five point guard of all time. Um, I can't put him in front of Isaiah Thomas just because I think if you switch those two up, Isaiah Thomas finds a way to win that game seven. They definitely don't lose by 100 or whatever they lost by. It doesn't even matter. Um, you know, Magic Johnson's up there, of course. I would even, I, I probably would even put Jay Kidd and Walt Clyde Frazier ahead of him just because of the pedigree and Jay Kidd eventually did get himself a championship um I don't know I that's kind of talking out of both sides of my mouth though because we talk about those superstars that get it on the back end like Gary Payton as well um but I mean again there they it's it's a complicated topic with him and it would have been so much easier and it, I, it, the topic would have been able to shut you up even more than me because you're even harder on him than I am had he just gone out there and won the title like he should have this year it sucks because I don't want to be. No, I and know. that's the worst part it's... about this. Is it's, it's I'm just trying to be fair, and, and I've I've long said this. I've been saying this for about four years, and maybe on or off the pod, maybe some on, some off. I don't I don't think you can put him top ten point guards because I just I don't care what the stats are. That is such a position that's paramount on leading your team to victories. And I, I'm going to say a name to you, and I don't care what anybody says. And if they listen to this pod and think I'm trying to be a hot take artist, we'll go back and listen to a bunch of other episodes. Uh, that's obviously not what we do here. I'm taking Tony Parker over Chris Paul. It's it's. I don't even think it's argue. close. It's it's tough for me to argue. I don't even think it's close. And you could say, well, yeah, yeah, yeah Tim Duncan and Manu Ginobili, and uh, okay, fine. That that's that's great. Well, you know who helped rejuvenate Tim Duncan 
in the latter half of his career? Tony Parker. You know who never blew games like that? And you can say, you can give me 2013 in that fluky-ass game six where Miami won the game and then they won game seven. That's fine. You know what they did the next year? They came back and won another championship and smoked the big three in their final season in Miami. Now, so, anybody that's that, trying to argue with, with you about Tony Parker, a guy's a four-time champion, by the way, he's a finals MVP. Finals MVP in 07, right. So I'm not – that that sounds so ridiculous because we haven't seen him play in so long. But I'm just trying to, again, be objective. I want Chris Paul to have this. All these other top point guards, maybe outside of John Stockton and Steve Nash, who didn't win championships, and maybe we can put them in the same category as Chris Paul. I don't think. Again, did we ever look at that Utah team? We were too young at the time, but watching the last dance, did we ever once think that Utah should have beaten what turned out to be a second three-peat? In, in Chicago with the with the GOAT beating them? Did we ever think Steve Nash, you know, during those years, having to navigate and, and getting hosed by some calls, should have won absolutely un, unequivocally, should have won? I don't know. Maybe he's a little bit better comp to Chris Paul than Stockton is. But at the end of the day, I want my point guard to win me games and be the floor general of a championship team and slow things down when everything gets chaotic. I always hearken back to that round one game in his final year in L.A. where Joe Johnson was the best player on Utah that went into L.A. in one game seven in the first round as his worst moment. Uh, I, we, we obviously now have a new number one. And it sucks. I hate shitting on him, but we just have to be fair, in my opinion. Absolutely agree. He, It's a complicated. He's first ballot Hall of Famer. Everybody gets into the Hall of Fame. but We know that. Yeah, he can't. And he put deserves him, it. You can't. Of course, you can't put him in that pantheon. He's an all-time great. What he does for the game as the head of the players, whatever, is awesome as well. Um, and it seems like he wants it more than anybody out there, but he just can't get out of his own way when it's nut crunching time and the the going get tough, the the tough stay tough, or whatever you want to say. It doesn't. You know, <laughs> it's it's either an injury or you know a couple missed shots here and there and. I mean, let's talk about the Mavericks now. Uh, they just suck the air out of this building every time. And in a game seven, if Luka's going to do what he does, which we knew it was coming, we didn't know how great it was going to be, it was absolutely incredible. It would have been even better had the game been closer statistically, but he didn't even need to play the fourth quarter. But when it does come to a game seven on the road, you need some some other players to step up. And they're two of the top three players did in – um, Jalen Brunson, he had 20-something. And Dinwiddie just Dinwiddie. couldn't miss a shot tonight. He had more. Did he have 30? Did he have 30? I thought he had 28, but he might have had 30. Why not? Let's round up. Yeah, I mean, regardless, it was an incredible game. The three of them, the three of them, it just felt like they absolutely couldn't miss. Yeah, he had he had 30 points. 30 on the dot. Love it. So, 30 on the dot. And I don't yeah. want to. I don't want to do my boy, my old boy, any any wrong here. And isn't it funny how everything kind of works out when you watch a series and, and get results, right? Like, think of how cyclical this entire situation was. You know, Phoenix, obviously, number one pick overall in the 2018 draft select DeAndre Ayton. And, and a year ago, we were talking about his ascension and, and how he was – you know, one of the main cogs in a team that went to the finals and took a 2-0 lead in the finals over Giannis. And then, you know, now we're talking about how he's played his last game with the organization. 
um, as Luca trolls them and absolutely puts it on them in game seven on the road in Phoenix. And then you're talking about a Dinwiddie who, you know, Tom, let's be honest. His Washington experience was a disaster this year. He wanted to be a leader. They wanted no part of it. The Porzingis thing kind of sucked because they kept having to play him, even though it probably wasn't the best situation for himself or the team, because he still is a star, whether we want to say he's a superstar or not. I think we, I think we can argue over certain things, but to bring him in and let him really play that role that he played on the nets for those years, you know, a sixth man, a second point guard, a a guy that's going to come off the bench and, exploit mismatches and and get to the rack and maybe get hot and hit some threes, which is what he did last night as a six, seven point guard. I mean, man, this Dallas, this Dallas sliding door for what they could have been, you know, three months ago to what they are now is is pretty unbelievable. And if you really want to go super sliding door, go back to what could have been in 2018. If, uh, if Phoenix selected, selected Doncic. So I, I thought it all came full circle the other night. No doubt about it, and it's great to have that player to just kind of, when Lucas sits on the bench and and Brunson's not in there either, at least you have somebody that can go out there and get you a bucket. Also, it was kind of addition by subtraction because this team never looked good and never was what you expected it to be. With Porzingis, they've been, I think they had the best record in the league since the trade deadline, or maybe the second best. Um, Finney Smith was incredible. Reggie Bullock, who anybody in the world could have had him. Uh, looked looked amazing as well. Not your even your having, former boys did. Yeah, not not even having uh, Hardaway Jr. another former boy. I mean, it didn't seem to matter for them. They didn't even need the shooting. Big ups to them. Big ups to Jason Kidd. Try number three. He seems to be him and his staff seem to be doing an incredible job. I mean, let's talk about them defensively. I know it's not sexy or fun to talk about, but you know, every time Booker even touched the ball. They either doubled him or they had a guy right up on his grill, including Luca. who another shout-out to him for being great defensively, where sometimes he can just look like an absolute turnstile. He really locked in. But defensively, it was basically, we're going to shut down Booker, meaning we're either going to have a guy up in his grill and somebody showing at all times. So if he gets by the first guy, there's somebody there to pick him up. Well, we're just going to straight up double team him and possibly trap him. And the rest of you guys can beat us. Good luck, Cam Johnson. Good luck, Bridges. And honestly, at this point, good luck, CP3. And and, yeah. and they didn't go they didn't go with my game plan. They didn't run the pick and roll and try and slow things down, which is what they should have done and taken advantage of no big man in there. Aside, you know, Maxi Kleber and, and Dwight Powell are not going to do it for you if Aiton's cooking. They wouldn't listen. Aiton's already fragile, clearly, mentally, and that paint was wide open. It, it's as if they, they didn't even have a center out there, honestly. And, oh, really? and there was no cutting. There was nothing from the Suns, but the defense was suffocating from the Mavericks. It looked like they had seven players out there on the floor. They really stepped up, and and good job by the team, an amazing job by Jay Kidd. I'm really interested to see how this series goes because I'm going to tell you right now, looking ahead to the Golden Mm -hmm. State Warriors, I know Steph Curry is still on the other team. The Dallas Mavericks, as of right now, right here and right now, have the best player in that series. They do uh, right now, and that's exactly what – what you're saying. So everybody needs to calm the fuck down. If they're saying, Oh, Steph Curry. No, no. Right now, the best player in that series is Luca. But Tom, honestly, like you think of Aiden and how fragile he was. And I, I hate criticizing anything about guys and, and maybe mentally, but 
you know, don't you think if he got that extension that you're looking at a different player, the trust is there from the organization of the coaching staff all the way down. It would have taken a monumental, you know, fall for him to not be able no doubt. to play well. And, and, but and again, when, when the coaching it's, uh-huh. a, it's a whole sliding doors thing to that, too, because, you know, the Suns have been in the league since the 60s, and they're just a bad luck franchise because you know why he didn't get that contract extension? Because their owner is cheap. Shit and, owner. And their owner yeah. probably isn't going to be their owner much longer. If Why don't you go ahead and Google Robert Sarver's name? Yeah, we're going to find out all about this shit. There's a lot of Dan Snyder in, in him. But, yeah, yeah yep. I mean, I, I really do believe because you saw him play at the highest level – at the highest, at the most important part of the season last year. So for him to just get a, a, a basically a DNP, because I don't even count 17 minutes in the game, but you lose by a damn near 40. Especially as, when you have like zero field time. goals. Right. I mean, they don't trust him. They don't want him to play, and the coaching staff isn't tied to him because they probably know he's not back next year. So why, why do it? So as much as I want to criticize him, I'm also going to criticize ownership to the management all the way down to the coaching staff for not – you know, imploring him to say, hey, man, we took you over Luca for a reason. Let's fucking go. Come on. Um, all right. So and I agree with you on all the schematic stuff, by the way. I agree with you uh, across the board there. So if you're the Phoenix Suns and we're going to talk about the rest of the series coming up, the both conference finals, if you're the Phoenix Suns, we can, we're can we going to have a whole offseason to talk about it, but we'll do it briefly. I mean, excluding your ownership issues, where do you go from here? I mean. Do you blow it up? Do you trade CP3? Do you trade to you know attempt to trade him somewhere? Maybe the Lakers will take him on or or something like that. Do you trade Aiton? That's a pro, that's that's almost a, a de- definitive answer right there. What do you do? Because because I think the only untradeable guy they have right now is maybe Booker and Bridges and Bridges. I only say that just because they just recently signed him to a new contract. Um, yeah. I mean, really, what what do you do here? Because it's like we lost in the second round. How do we get better? Because we won 62 fucking games and had one of the best NBA regular seasons uh, in a long time with plus minus on both sides, uh, statistically them being in the top five offensively and defensively. So to me, it has nothing to do with any of what you just said. It's the fact that you had a game seven at home being the number one seed and we're down by 40 at halftime. Uh, At that point, it doesn't matter. I don't think that anyone can bring this team back. Aiden's gone. He's a restricted free agent. He'll sign with someone. The question is, is do you want to match it? Maybe you work out a sign and trade. That seems much more likely. At this point, I think everything has to be on the table. I think now, I honestly, honestly, after after a loss like that, and it's crazy because it's only one game, but it it really overshadows. It's it's as if they didn't win sixty two games and win a first round series. You, you might clean house. You may just go into full on rebuild mode and try and become a lottery team and build around Booker for for the next time. Yeah, I think Booker's the only sure thing with Chris Paul being the second. Booker, I don't think I mean, Chris Paul wants to. Booker, you got to come mm-hmm. out here and you got to give me you got to have a year next year, man. I don't care if you're on a 500 team, I don't care if you're on an under 500 team. I don't care if you're playing with me and Sean as your running mates. You got to you got to be top you got to repeat 
as if you want to if you want to be in the same air as Jason Tatum and Luka Doncic and all these guys, which right now, in my opinion, and I'm sure in yours too, you're not. You got to be first team All NBA again, regardless of what's around you. No, Tom. I mean, this is this is a loss of biblical proportions. Because you know like, what, and this I, and is I, not. I want to. You got to give. Off, but okay. What? What'd you say? <laughs> I said you want to keep cutting me off, but okay. <laughs> well, you. We know it's a loss of biblical proportions. I mean, it, it's it's uh, it's honestly you can't even put it into words. But you know, even a guy like Kobe or whatnot, like even on the years that he suck that the team sucked around him, he still put up numbers. And if that's what he wants to be next year, he's got to be first team All NBA. I don't care. Okay, fine. But the the point that I'm trying to make is this. Last year, you could stomach a, a loss in a series where you were up 2-0. Because of what Giannis is and what that Milwaukee team did, you know, beating the Nets and, and you know, skimming by Durant, who was playing at, at this time last year, you know, a top two or three player in the league level. Boston wasn't what they were. So, okay, you, you beat Milwaukee, great. Or you lost to Milwaukee. You know, everybody's going to say that's fine. To come back and have the regular season you have, to struggle, like you pointed out very well, against the New Orleans Pelicans team, that's frisky, but they're an eight seed. Just to come back and do this, you didn't lose in game seven on a buzzer beater. You didn't lose in game seven at home, you know, on on a bad last stretch. You got beat pillar to post in all 48 minutes of this game. You didn't stand a chance. So, to me... There is no rhyme or reason why you can bring anybody back with certain with you know certitude. And I also believe that everything and anything should be on the table. They can go to Chris Paul and say, listen, I know we, we're paying you a boatload of money. Do you want to go somewhere else? Devin Booker, you're our guy. But if you're not happy here, do you want to go somewhere else? Aiden's gone. Cam Johnson might be out the door. I know you mentioned Bridges' new contract. I think that's up for discussion if there's a sign-and-trade with another team trying to offload a player. Because this is just not a situation you can bring back. Or bring back. This is not something that just, you know, gets itself better come training camp and come, you know, early next season. Because, Tom, we've never seen this before. We've literally never seen this before. Yeah, I think you can rule out the Suns for the playoffs next year, honestly, already. If there was a bet on the board against them, I would take it. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's a, honestly, it's over. It, you couldn't put anything past them. I think they should move to Seattle. I'm all fucking for it. Let's go. Just clean slate. You kind of need it after that one. All right, Tom. How do you see these these conference finals lining up here? Well, we got Celtics against Miami. Tough, tough scene for the Celtics being that they're coming off one of the toughest series ever. Just an absolute bloodbath. And then they got to turn around and they got to play a well rested Miami team who is surgical. Um, I think this series, again, goes seven. I think the Celtics are really in for it, but I do think they pull it out in the end. I think they, I think they lose the first game going down to Miami. Yeah. Just t- super tired and whatever you want to say, spent. Um, it'll be a close game. But I think that the bench players are going to go off for Miami. There's going to be a lot of threes raining down on them. And the Celtics are just going to be gassed. But I think the Celtics win all their games at home. Take it back to seven. And I I think the Celtics figure out a way to keep this magic going and they pull it out. I'm in complete agreement with you. 
you find a way to beat Milwaukee being down 3-1, the defending champs, you can find a way to beat this Miami team, which although they played very well, uh, we can get into this real fast. They beat a disheartened, absolutely beaten down Philly team in games five and six. And Tom, I, I give Miami a lot of credit, heart of a champion. Obviously, they should have kept Jimmy Butler. He was screaming about that over Tobias Harris. It wasn't really Tobias Harris they chose over him. It was Al Horford, and we saw how that worked out. He went right back to Boston, who's playing in the conference final. But uh, J- James Harden, I, I just, I'm going to let you just take the floor on this one because you well know how I stand after his departure from my team. I mean. I, I give me an NBA fan that I mean you can have NBA arguments like like we just did although we're in agreement about Chris Paul we can have discussions like that give me an NBA fan that doesn't think that James Harden is just an absolute bank robber and a, and a, and a travesty <laughs> at this point in his career he was great earlier on but when it comes to top playoff time he's always sucked he's never been good I um. I mean, that's going to be the toughest contract. I think you said it on our last podcast. That's going to be the toughest contract to give in the history of the NBA, given the amount of money and the amount of years he's going to be asking for. That is going to be the toughest. Good luck and God bless to what's-his-face out there, the Sloan guy. Daryl Morey. Daryl Morey. And to be honest, my first thing is I'm going to go to Joel, and I'm going to say, do you want us to sign and trade him for Bradley Beal? I know you wanted him in the first place. Yeah. Um, we Because we, we just can't do this deal. We can't. And, and I could tell just by your comments that you don't want to play with him and that you would rather have Doc be head coach than have Harden be here. And I think it's either Doc or it's Harden. Yeah, isn't that shocking when they immediately announced that Doc was returning? Because I didn't see that coming. I, I thought that it was going to be, hey, we're going to go How over all our though, options. You know? No, I, I, I think it's mind. a little – sure they can. But I think it's a little bit more definitive because they didn't have to do it at the time in which they did. You know, yeah. they, they easily could have let it go or they could, they could say, hey, you know, we're going to let this settle a little bit and maybe Doc's going to look into the Lakers. The Lakers reportedly were looking in on him and waiting for him during their head coach search. Uh, for whatever reason, you know how I feel about Doc Rivers. I think he's vastly overrated. I think he's a very good coach. That doesn't mean he's not overrated. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think he is what he is, which is a very serviceable to above average coach, and, and that's about it. I don't think he's anything special, nor does he deserve the treatment to be considered super special. But yeah, yeah I, I think this is a hardened situation where – you know, they kind of made their bed. You're, you're looking at Brooklyn, right? And Brooklyn, I don't mean to bring my team into it, but they're dealing with so many issues. Uh, what what kind of contract are you giving Kyrie if he opts out? You know, are you giving him two, three? Are you giving him the four-year max, five-year max? Where does he line up? Ben Simmons, okay, finally had the surgery. You know what they're doing? They're drafting 23rd this year. They're going to have Philly's pick. And you know what also they're doing? They're bringing back a healthy Seth Curry next year. So they... They are in a position where if you look, if they were just able to maintain Drummond and Curry, which I did mention on the last podcast, and now they don't have their first round pick this year, like they don't have the flexibility to do shit. They're handcuffed to Harden. Now, is Harden going to do anything to help them out? He said, I'll be back next year. Is there this weird under the table handshake agreement where the apparently the extension was supposed to be signed once he was traded to Philly and it never actually was? It wasn't handed in on time. 
I have no idea what the fuck's going on. Because remember, his mom's his agent. He doesn't have a real agent. This is going to be a really shitty summer in Philly because as good as Maxi is and as elite as Embiid is, and he is elite, I, I don't know where else you go. And Bradley Beal, by the way, is he a lot better? Because he didn't do shit for Washington this year and then got hurt. Sure, but he's younger. And at least, no, he's you, younger. Know, at least you know for the most part that he's going to play hard. You can't say the same for you James do know Harden. That. You know that better right. than you do James well, Harden. <laughs> I mean, listen, sometimes do. he comes up small, but maybe on a maybe on a team where he's not expected to be the guy, he can flourish. Where James Harden, we know what he is. And, I mean, that's the difference between him and Chris Paul is Chris Paul, and that's why I was so speechless, it's kind of inexplicable how these things happen because he, wa- he wants it so bad, and you can see it. So it does. So sometimes it doesn't make sense as to why he comes up short every single time. Harden, it's just like, yeah, he fucking he's a quitter. You Harden know, took there's two a reason. Shots in the second half, you know. Yeah, and, Harden took two shots in the second half of Game Six. And this series was over the second Embiid lost his eye. Basically, I mean, the guy. They like, did tie it two two though. They, they did. did tie it two two. They did. I agree, but it was like kind of a false sense of hope. I mean. I've never had a broken orbital bone, but, you know, I've had some some facial things, you know, dental work, whatnot. And if your face hurts, man, if <laughs> no. your face hurts, it hurts to smile. It hurts to frown. It hurts to talk. Oh, Tom, he, you, you can't do it. And you feel like you're walking breathe. in a cloud from what I've heard. Like, it's like you, you can't you can't do anything. Not to like mention you're, the swelling. You're, yeah, you're slightly concussed. You can't really see everything hurts like you said for any movement you make with your jaw like it is and then to play with this mask which yeah like hey by the way it's still gonna hurt if you get hit you just might not you're just might not you know lose a cheekbone here or fracture a jaw or or even worse you know have have an eye socket yeah Yeah. an eye socket disrupted but Oh, I give him so much credit. I don't want to hear any any Embiid slander. I mean, for this guy to have to go through the last two years with Ben Simmons, who just decided not to shoot at all, to James Harden deciding he was going to shoot two more times than Ben Simmons. Yep. In games where they're just not doing anything. Ben Simmons has his depth. Decided not only not to shoot, but not to play. Yeah. I mean, this is this is just a really unfortunate situation for one of the best players we've seen. Uh, in this league over the last couple of years and he's done everything remember we're not that far removed from questioning his conditioning and questioning his dedication and why do you wear down as the season goes on and he's done nothing but show that he is committed to winning for philly unfortunately his best you know co-star might have been jimmy butler who's no longer on the team uh and and philly decided that they were going to commit resources to tobias harris and now horford instead of him so it really sucks. We'll see what happens. But Miami, Tom, you know, just doing a full circle here. I think they're really good. I think they deserve the respect of a team that was the number one seed in the conference. But if Boston could go through the Brooklyn Nets and sweep them, no matter how many problems the Nets had, they still had Durant and Irving. You swept them clean. And then you outlasted the defending champs. That tells me all I need to know. And I think this team has the heart of a champion. I expect them to advance to the finals. Boston for both of us, huh? Yes, sir. 
Well, th- by the way, before we move on to the Western Conference Finals, we also forgot to mention that Embiid already had like a fucked up broken finger and a bad back. Mm-hmm. So true. I mean, you can't give you can't take anything away from that guy. He really gutted it out this year and, and proved everybody wrong. Harden, good luck. I do not envy the position that they're in. Um, they might. I, I mean, between them and the Lakers, Jesus Christ, it's like, what do you even do? You're so hand-tied, but you need to do so many things. Um, hey, Tom. What? Can I just do a quick? Can I just do a quick? You know, self assault here on myself. Sure. You know who I picked to win the MVP this year? Back you, in October. You got a good memory. I should listen to these. What? James Harden. <laughs> no, come on. You're kidding no, me. No, I did. No, I did. Sean, had you not mentioned that, it would have never been remembered. I don't know who I picked. I don't remember. Listen, we 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 keep receipts on this podcast. You mentioned last week how we got to start tapping Frenchie with his picks. You know, James Harden, bro. What were you I thinking? Know. I was thinking that he was going to play like what he did pretty much the entire time he was a Brooklyn net last year. Until he got hurt in the playoffs, which was boy, were you hard. wrong? <laughs> Jeez. Yep. Yeah. No. Listen, I, I, I just wanted to throw that out there, uh, and everybody can laugh at me, and you deserve it because I brought it upon myself. But I wanted to be honest, and I know you're not going to do the same because you're going to try to hide from any mistakes you make, motherfucker. I'm going in my book right now that I write all my shit down <laughs> to find out. Defensive player of the year, bam. Had he played a few more games, he might have won. Sure. You want to know who I picked? This is bad news for me. I can't believe we're doing this. Oh, okay. Maybe I won't feel so bad. East or West? West. Uh Uh-oh. Anthony Davis. Donovan Mitchell. <laughs> All right, we're even. All right, that's enough of that. And I we, also we, had the Jazz we, finishing as the number one seed. We don't know what we're doing, but we're going to do predictions every year, so you guys have to live with it. Uh, if at anything wow, you get to laugh at our expense, I don't want to look um, back anymore. <laughs> not a big deal, man. A lot changes during the course of a regular season. Um, but anyway, so let's let's look ahead out of the West. We got Golden State. We got Dallas. Um, I'm going to continue to ride with them, even though I lost some faith when they played Memphis. They outlasted Memphis, so obviously I have Golden State advancing. Yeah, my heart wants to say the Mavericks, just because of what they put on the Suns right there, but my head is like, this is a much different championship battle-tested, as you would say, Warriors team, especially their core. I'm going to go with the Warriors, and I'm going to say Warriors in six, and we're going to have a Celtics-Warriors finals. Steph is back in the finals. You know, the big three's back in the finals. Ba-ba-ba, whatever you want to say. You know they also have, though, is a Jordan Poole because if Absolutely. he plays, if, if they if they beat this Dallas team, I'm, I have a hunch that Jordan Poole is going to have a really good series. But let me tell you this, man. Um, who Who is guarding Luka? I think it's probably going to be a combination of like a Wiggins and Kaminga. Yeah, well. They're going to do their best. I mean, they're not going to stop him. So I think anybody – my question is, though, is like, is is Luka going to try to guard Steph the whole game? 
if Luca can give, I don't give a fuck if Steph has points. He just needs to make him work for him. If Luca can give the defensive effort that he gave in games six and seven, they've got a real chance. It's really just no, a matter do. of their of their bench guys. And the yeah. reason why I'm picking with you and going with Golden State is because I don't think Dinwiddie and Brunson have four games like that against the Warriors in them. No, and and on top of that, too, like, Luka picks his spots defensively. Let's not act like he's turned into an all-world defender. He's Part of the reason they were in the hole that they were in was because he had some atrocious moments defensively. But he, he to his credit, like most superstars, when he picks his spots, he can be very, very good, competent and cerebral with his defense. I just think Golden State has the firepower. I don't like the fact that Draymond just really will do anything in his power not to shoot. Uh, he's a much better version of Simmons and Harden in that regard. Hasn't um, always been that way either. It hasn't. No, this is fairly recent, but he just doesn't want to do it. Um, but if, if Jordan Poole has a game, like, if he has one game where he puts up 35 and Thompson has one game where he puts up 35 and Steph has one game where he puts up like 40, I think it's going to be really hard for Dallas to outlast them. And don't, don't be surprised if there's a bit of a letdown, you know, they just beat the number one overall seed on the road in game seven by damn near 40 points. That's that might be where it's like, we just exerted all of our effort. We're going to give our best, but golden state's been resting. They beat a very, very good uh, Memphis team, even without jaw. Cause we know what their record was without jaw. It, this might have been their biggest moment. I'm excited to see what this series manifests. I'm going to say Golden State in six. Golden State in six for me, too. Boston in seven. Golden State in six. They're going to meet in the finals. You're the only one with picks left. Let's see how smart you are about the NBA. Your MVP pick was pretty bad. Yeah, well, yours was, too. So we're even. Mine wasn't. I don't think mine was as laughable as yours. I mean, you took James a guy James Harden that... is a joke. James Harden is an absolute he's a, joke. He's a joke now. We weren't saying that 12 months ago. You couldn't pick I think anybody Donovan Mitchell... that's more of a clown than James Harden. All right. Well, you know what? I'm, I'm glad I didn't... If I made this pick two months ago, you should have just fired me. You should have just said, like, honestly, I will do this podcast with anybody else. <laughs> I made this pick in early October after... And, after what his run was with the Nets last year, when Harden and Durant or uh, when Durant and Irving were out, like he was awesome. He was fucking vintage, like Houston Harden. I just didn't take into account the fact that he decided he didn't want to get in shape, didn't want to rehab his hamstring, and then decided he was going to quit on a team, uh, you know, halfway through a year. So it is what it is. Donovan Mitchell, hey, maybe you can pick him when he's a Nick in a couple months. We'll see. Yeah, well, you know what? The only thing that he's lacking is eyeballs. He just needs to have the big city lights on him. And I don't want <laughs> him to the Knicks either, unless he's going to be. Oh. No, it's just you come out of the draft as a defensive guy. And I haven't seen defense in three years from you, and it's not for lack of capabilities at all. No, he doesn't try. He doesn't care. No. And he's he's – He's ha- he's floating and out of games. He's a freak athlete. He's an absurd. His wingspan is insane. He's incredibly strong. He is the perfect two-way player if he just tries. Maybe he'll hear this, and when he comes to the Knicks, you know, I'm going to do a 180. 
Um, yeah, and you give up everything for him. I don't want to do that. I'd like to give up Julius Randle for DeAndre Ayton, though. I would like to do that. Yeah, you know who wouldn't? The Suns. But we have all summer to talk about this. So that's our NBA, Tom. Feeling pretty decent about a, a good competitive West and East finals here. You are too with our picks. Let's talk MLB and the night we recorded last week, Aaron Judge hit a walk-off home run. They won the next day. They took three or four from the White Sox. They're currently beating Baltimore 4-1. I'm waiting for the shoe to drop. There are still some things that make me concerned, but yet all this team does is win. Temper, temper, my friend. Let's temper, but enjoy it while it's here. They still have yet to lose double-digit games, and we are 34 games into the season playing 35 right now. They're 25 and 9. I know. It's incredible. It's incredible. And we're obviously going to go over the league a little bit more as the season goes in further. Um, And the Mets are hot on their tail as well. Um, Just New York baseball looks great right now. It really does. The Mets lost their first series of the year yesterday, losing 2-3 to Seattle. Like, this team is... They're really good, Marte. I was expecting to have a better better moment in that big spot yesterday. But, I mean, Tom, just back to the Yanks real fast. I mean, their pitching staff. Everybody talks about catching and, like, how they don't hit. Yeah, maybe your boy Wilson Contreras can, can be a, a, a trade acquisition come late July. Ooh. But I think they're very happy. That's not my Trevino. boy. It's Will's boy. I know. <laughs> with Trevino and Higgy because – this, the team ERA is the best in the American League, and it's not really even close. It's one of the top in the majors, and it's not really even close. And that's a huge credit to the defense that Higashioka and Trevino bring. Meanwhile, Nestor Cortez might start the all-star game if, this, if it were to be had now. We keep waiting for it to be like, oh, he had a really shit start. Oh, that's two bad starts. Eight innings of one-run ball yesterday in Chicago. Cole's dealing. Tyone's dealing. I mean, you got... Chapman blew a save the other night, but he's been pretty much really, really good. That was his first real blemish this year. Holmes, King, Schmidt. I I don't know where – I just don't know where other teams are scoring a lot of runs. The Yankees just do enough. I mean, I keep wanting to temper expectations. They went tonight. They're 26-9. and I mean, that's – that's that's unbelievable. We're not talking about a team that's you know the playing only, seven, eight, nine games over five hundred. The only cloud that's looming over the Yankees' head, and it's more of a, an animal than a cloud. It's the injury bug. It's gonna yeah, bite us, which they haven't faced. It's gonna bite right. us, you know. Well, it bites everybody at some point. Yeah. Um, and and that's gonna be the only storm that they're gonna need to weather is is when Stanton. Or judge and judge, whatever you want to say, inevitably go down with their two-month boo-boos. Yeah, I mean, but you can already see the plan that they had brought into the season has been working, despite my questions about it. Is They have a roster where they can keep everybody fresh. Judge is resting today. You're playing Stan in the outfield, which they've been able to do three or four times a week. You know, they, they're letting DJ DH, so Donaldson's playing third, Torres is at second. 
on the days Rizzo doesn't play. They let Delaney play first. You got Marwin Gonzalez who can literally play anywhere. Gallo can move, can take a day off, and they can play Hicks in left and Judge in center and standing right. Like the the versatility and depth on this team is allowing them to not have to wear a guy down. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. They've done an incredible job. Um, we do need we do need some of the guys to really awaken. That being, you know, Glaber's been better than last year. Like you said on the last pod, that's, that's okay, so he's above the Mendoza line. That's, we still need more out of him. Um, we need Gallo to be able to make contact, and, and we need more out of Donaldson, really. Well, Donaldson's been really hitting the ball well. Yeah. And Donaldson's up to 239, which is much better than where he was, and he's putting, you know, some power into his bat. To be honest, I've put Hicks to bed. Like, I've talked to him in good night. Oh, yeah. No, you he know. stinks. Yeah, he stinks. I don't have any. And he's thing. a fine center fielder. Sure. He's not an above average center fielder, though, and anymore. So you can't. When you have two pretty good outfielders, I mean, Gallo's a gold glove outfielder. But, you know, he's hit some bombs lately. But he's still, I mean, he's still a guy where you just sometimes wonder how whatever he's going to strike out or walk. If I have three guys in the lineup that I hope just walk, whoever the catcher is on that night, plus Hicks and Gallo, I I don't feel great. And again, we've talked about it. Stanton and judge, they've had unbelievable seasons and Rizzo's had so many big hits. There's still some guys in this lineup where you look at it and like, this could be a really, we're winning games. I mean, yesterday, Tom, they beat the white Sox with two hits. They won 5-1, but they had two hits. They scored three runs off walks and wild pitches. You can't count on that come playoff time, and, and that's why we need to we need to get some work done at the trade deadline. But it's like I, I don't know who they trade, and I don't know what they do with these guys, whether it be Gallo or Hicks. I mean, we just – we need – we need more hitting out of, out of a few more a few players, but beggars can't be choosers when you're twenty five and nine, looking at twenty six and nine right in the face. No, you can't, and that's the thing is like, despite their flaws, they are just they're a buzzsaw. And people keep asking like, "Oh, who have you beaten?" Well, they've beaten the Blue Jays two out of the three series they played them. The other one they split, and then you know they just took it to the White Sox if who, it wasn't for a blown who, save by Chapman and a yeah go ahead. I was gonna say who by the way I know they got off to a slow start but the White Sox had won like you know 10 of 12 or something like that before the Yankees went yeah. in and handed it to them yeah and they played them again this coming weekend in the Bronx and then okay fine so their next litmus test is what they play Tampa Bay and Houston like Memorial Day weekend and the first weekend of June or the first week of June I'm not gonna shit on this team for beating up on bad teams that's what you're supposed to do that's what we've been screaming about with this team over the last couple of years is they haven't beaten the Orioles they haven't beaten the Indians or now the gardens they haven't beaten bad teams that they're supposed to beat. And they are now. That's why their record is what it is. Absolutely, man. Again, let's enjoy it. Let's enjoy it. Let's not get, you know, we're not going to crown them the World Series champions, but let's enjoy it. Any concern with your New York Mets with the pitching injuries? Obviously, McGill now on the IL. I mean, you always got to uh, be I think concerned. they're calling up Peterson. You always got to be concerned when it comes to pitching. 
But I, I just think they're so much better than the rest of this division. And again, something feels different about this team. All their fill-ins seem to be figuring it out. I like who they have filling in for start the starters for them. So for me, it's just it's just weather the storm. I mean, you know, I'm looking at the standings right now. Philly's already five and a half games behind the Mets this early on yeah, in the season. Man. So I mean, it feels good. You know, you want to get Degrom back. Hopefully by what All Star break time, McGill. Uh, I, what is his injury? I got to look it up. He's on the 15 day DL with a bicep. Against the biceps. Yeah, that's yeah. probably a. What do you think a, a month injury? You Depends that, what it. What you hope that somebody like you hope that somebody like you know Lugo can figure it out. Um, is he still closing for them, or is it him and Diaz? I know you can. He's pretty much Lugo been like out. yeah. Th- Diaz has pretty much been their exclusive closer, but Lugo's gotten some run. You can you can stretch Lugo out, um, and then we'll see who they pull up. I, I think they already might have pulled him up, Colin something or another, so we're going to have to see how he is. He's 26, Colin Holderman. There you go. I mean, Carrasco priority yesterday has been awesome. Yeah. Um, obviously, Scherzer's a horse. So they've been okay. Their bullpen's been good, and they can hit. To Jean you know, Walker, I think, too. Yeah, exactly. I know you, you, you like Walker and obviously we both love Bassett. I think this team has, you know, they were bound to lose a series at some point. They battled back yesterday um, from a rough start by Carrasco. I thought they might've had it. They didn't end up winning, but it's all right. You know, again, they're, they're in the driver's seat because the Braves, although they've been playing better lately, are still trying to find their footing. Philly just has no pitching whatsoever. And as good as Miami's pitching is they have no hitting. So really, if the Mets can just continue this pace of win series, win three out of four series, four out of six series, I think this team is going to be more than fine. They obviously have a different feel about them. I agree with you. No doubt about it, man. Baseball is a lot of fun in New York. Uh, coming down the pike, you know, when we have less things going on, like NBA deep deep into the NBA playoffs, we're going to talk more baseball around the league because there is there is some good teams this year. Um I don't really think there's been – I'm looking at the standings now, Sean. I don't really think there's been – looking at the NL, we're pretty spot on, my friend. Um, the Giants are a little bit better than I think we thought they were going to be. They're above 500. Um, the Red Sox are a little bit worse. I don't. Oh, really, they're horrible. Yeah, they're they're in they're in last place. A little bit worse than we thought. They're in last place in the division. I mean, they're they're two. First of all, Waka finally living up to his potential. He's him. Him and that other pitcher, what the hell is his name? Uh, it's it starts Tanner Hawk are like their only two pitchers, and maybe Whitlock. But yeah, I was mean, gonna say, aren't they? Stre- haven't they stretched Whitlock out as a starter? Yeah, now? but I mean, honestly, for Red Sox fans, you guys were gonna have to mash because you have our old friend Paxton. Who is he already hurt? Oh, he hasn't even pitched yet. Yeah, he has. He's coming even back from yet. injury. Yeah. Um, but I mean. You needed literally your offense to be perfect with this team that you have right here because, I mean, what what do you expect when you have Rich Hill, who's like 50 years old, as one of the guys you're relying on? Yeah, and no, it sucks. And then, and then Trevor's story has been abominable. Like maybe, maybe this is why we don't run the front office of the Yankees. <laughs> 
Yeah, even right. though how badly we wanted him, he has just been awful. Not that Kiner Falefa has blown the roof off the off the stadium, but he's not. I mean, you look at a guy like Story, and it's just, he's been terrible. Really, it's been Bogarts and, and Devers. They've been really good. Kiner Falefa also stinks. cost probably a week's worth of Trevor Story's pay. <laughs> yeah, probably. No, it's been it's been atrocious. They they've been awful, and you're right. The pitching's just not there. Um, I mean, Evaldi hasn't been what he was. Maybe no. it's finally running out for him. And he's still Miles. good, but he's not what he was. Yeah, I mean, he's just what? What could you? What more could you ask for with him? They've given and Chris Hale's been hurt. You know, he has that rib cage injury. He he's hasn't done. come back yet, and he's pretty much done anyway. So, yeah, they're in a real rough standing. I still think Toronto has a run in them. They've not been playing it. well. In, Let's not forget Tampa again, Tom. I think they're yeah. like nine games over 500. So You want to talk about disappointing teams? I know it's super early, but it's the Blue Jays and the White Sox. But again, it's ridiculously early. A surprise team? I mean, I I got to look up my standings right now if I can go back to my book. But Anaheim. Yeah, they've been real good. They have, and Trout's making another, making another run for the MVP. I mean, his annual, his annual run for the MVP? Yeah, I think annual is the right word. Yeah, Trout, Otani, Rendon, they've Oof. gotten some really nice pitching, especially from Syndergaard, who they brought in. They had a uh, Reed Detmers, a young rookie they called up through a no-hitter last week. So they've been getting the pitching that we've been clamoring for for them. Yeah. Um, I still have my questions with them, but, um, you know, the other team too, Tom, is – as much as we just fucking despise this team, Houston, they've just been a juggernaut. Yeah, I had the Angels finishing fourth, so I root for them, though. So it is what it is. Yeah, I don't know why you can't root for the Angels a little bit. But, yeah, the Astros have been fucking – they've been mashing. But we expected that. It's not like it's a surprise. It just sucks. Yeah, that's ex- very well put. Let's talk PGA before we get out of here. All we right, got the PGA Sean. Championship this weekend, Tom. This is your floor. Let's go. Would you like to talk about the PGA Championship, the actual tournament, and uh, what's going on? Or would you like to talk about uh, Phil Mickelson? Ooh. Let's talk Phil first, and then we can get into your foursome and, and all your predictions. I think we have to talk Phil. He withdrew from this, I think it was last week, out of absolutely nowhere. Oh, what are you? What do you take into that? And and what's his deal with the PGA? Is he playing a major tournament again? Like I don't know what's going on with this guy. Well, if I could give you a little backstory because I've done a little bit more research. We know the comments. Yeah, from the last time we spoke. Um. So coming out tomorrow, I guess I'm going to give out a free book plug. Everybody, don't get into the Twitter mentions. Uh, this isn't going to happen often, <laughs> but coming out tomorrow is Alan Shipnuck's biography about Phil, which kind of set everything off, um, which was what set everything off was the little snippet, the little teaser of a little part of the biography about Phil um, not only being a major part of this live golf Saudi golf league, but actually him and his lawyers being the ones that kind of drafted the whole setup for it and everything. Um, Oh, wow. So that book, the unauthorized biography by Phil, Phil Mickelson, which basically just means that I I don't think Phil gave him permission, but that doesn't mean that everything wasn't fact checked and not true. It just means that Phil didn't 
didn't, uh, you know, co-write it with him or whatever you want to call it. Co- he doesn't, he doesn't approve of it. Whatever. Although apparently yeah, he didn't write, it. he didn't write, he, he didn't write it with the author. Apparently, the final chapter summarizes an entire conversation from November of 2021 that him and Phil had. And I may be buying this book for the both of us, um, or photocopying Ooh. it at work and and stapling it together and mailing it to you. Um, a little cheaper <laughs> route, but you um, get the secretary to do that. Yes, I might have to. Um, so. It came out about the Saudi Golf League, a lot of other things that kind of make Phil not look like the greatest guy in the world. Some things that do, but that was the stain on Phil's resume was the setting up the Saudi Golf League. He called them, quote, scary motherfuckers, no fucking shit. They're, you know, human rights crimes out the wazoo. We all know what goes on over there. That's some dirty, dirty money over there. Yeah, the some of the dirtiest. Um and so that led up and Phil has ultimately been MIA ever since. And I think that was the reason for him pulling out. I, I don't see any other reasons, um, you know, injury or whatever, any, any explanation as to why he has pulled out of this tournament. And honestly, I am speculating that there was a disagreement between him and the PGA Championship Board of Directors or whoever runs the show, either they just told him straight up not to come because we have Tiger coming and we don't want two spectacles, or they told him to come a certain day and do a press conference and he didn't want to do that. Whatever the reason, after him committing to it full on, there was clearly a disagreement between him and the powers that may be at the PGA, in my opinion, and it led to him withdrawing. I don't think that's a bad take at all. And, you know, coincidentally, time in the book. Right, right. And, I mean, we talked on this podcast last Tuesday night, and I was all excited about Phil playing and and how it was going to be received and how exactly he's defending this championship, which I find unbelievable that he's doing that and not playing. And and pulling out last second, like you said, I think the best-case scenario is him and his lawyers got together and said, the best thing that you can do is not talk and you there's no way to avoid the podium without making you know a spectacle of yourself if you don't talk at, at, at a major championship in which you're defending so you just can't do this it's the in the best case of everybody for you to not be here and maybe Phil realized that or maybe you're right maybe the PGA was like no no but I Tom I, I mean if this doesn't happen, I mean, when is is he is he playing the PGA again? And when is it? Like this is this is pretty unprecedented. That actually, as a matter of fact, might be truly unprecedented. I can't recall a situation like this because no matter what transgressions Tiger or other major golfers on tour have dealt with before, John Daly, all on down the line. I mean, you're dealing with Greg Norman right now with the Saudis. I mean, this is something that we're we're not totally sure of, but I'm sure it's going to play out within the next couple weeks to months. I don't know. It's tough to say whether or not Phil ever plays another golf tournament for any golf association that has any any so association or anything with with uh, the PGA. It re- it really is interesting. Um, and you know, I'm looking it up right now. I know that 
Um, Live Golf, which is the name of the tour. Do they have a website? Yes, they do. I shouldn't be clicking on this. I'm giving them a click here. Um, I'm looking up their events just in order to see. Hopefully, they don't take any of my information here, Sean. Um, oh, you're online, so there's a good chance they are. They have a tournament in London, the first tournament at the Centron Club. Don't know anything about it. June 11th, June 9th through 11th, and players, including Phil Mickelson, already put in their papers or whatever to get an exemption because there's also an event uh the canadian open is the same weekend basically asking to to play in this tournament as opposed to it and the pga tour came out with a statement straight up saying that that will never happen no but see here's what gets me interesting though because no it's very interesting before you make your point Sure. It's going to be – it would be a very interesting case in court being that these golfers are considered, quote-unquote, independent contractors. And I'm under the impression that if you're an independent contractor, you can kind of do whatever you want. There's no conflict of interest there, right? Well, so thank you. So I was listening to um, Steve Sands, who did a segment on the Tony Kornheiser podcast, talking about this very thing last week and, and talking about – the fact that, you know, the PGA is going to have a really hard time holding up in court to disallow their players to participate in other in other leagues and other tours to make money. You know, this is not Major League Baseball that bans barnstorming or, you know, anything of that nature. These are like you said, these are independent contractors. Yes, they play on the PGA tour, but they don't they are not bound the pga tour and the pga tour does not have complete unilateral control over them so i i don't under i don't know how this holds up and i'm sure you know by the time you know this calendar year ends there's going to be resolution to this because there's going to be more and more players who are going to want to capitalize on potential earnings that the saudi golf league provides yeah and that's that's, yeah i just don't know how you stop it i mean we're looking at tournaments here that if you win one tournament, I'm looking at and, – and apparently they have multiple years of tournaments scheduled. One, two, three, four, five, six, eight tournaments already on, scheduled. Of course, your boy Donald Trump is a part of this. Trump National, yeah, no Doral, shit. Miami. Um, of course, he's working with the Saudis. Um, um, he was running our country for four years. Just, you know, that's yeah, fun. And he's going to attempt again. Um, it's – there is there the purse to win this one of these events apparently allegedly is worth more than what the top PGA Tour golfer made in a year for one tournament in some <laughs> oh my God. aspects like if so, someone that wins this London tournament may earn more than Justin Thomas did last year altogether yeah that's and I think ins- he won three ridiculous. times um, so there's a lot of money to be handed out. But I think what the PGA Tour is hoping for is that they can they can sort it out in court. It's going to be super, super spread out, long, dragged out. And that every person that decides they want to put the papers in gets a black mark next to their name to the point where eventually Live Golf doesn't get the players, doesn't get the traction, and that it just goes away. Now, Saudis have a lot of money to throw at this. So this is going to be a long fight. They don't have a TV partner right now. Sean, if you're interested in watching this tournament, um, it will be on YouTube. Broadcast on YouTube. Yeah, I was 
I was going to ask who or what entity was was going to air this, but I guess none. It, it's broadcast on YouTube. Like Coachella had like a live stream on YouTube, and I guess it's one of those kind of similar things. I'm I'm looking at maybe me and you could. I hear Pumpkin Ridge is very nice. Uh, let's see how much a ticket to one of these things would cost. Pumpkin Ridge. That's a course in Oregon. Maybe me and you could take a trip out there. Two day access, just out of curiosity. Of course in Oregon. Just out of curiosity, how much is it going to cost? Wow. We're looking at about $6,000. Yeah, I don't think I'm making it. 6150 if I do the bid well, if, if I add our stay to it. And we'll get a queen room, mean you'll have to share a bed. You okay with that? I do have sleep apnea, but I'm, tr- I'm working on a machine. I'm the floor sounds one. fine. The floor sounds fine. What? The floor? You're good with the floor? I could get us a king. Same price. No, I'll, I'll take the floor over sharing a, a bed with you and your sleep apnea. <laughs> you're going to hear me snore regardless, buddy boy, whether you're on the floor yeah, or whether that's you're fine. in the bed. I don't have to worry about any actions that are going on. I'll <laughs> have the floor, the whole floor to myself. <laughs> well, listen, that sums up the whole Phil thing and the whole live golf thing. <laughs> Because I know people have been clamoring to hear about what the hell are they talking about? Why is Phil in such shame? So there you go. No, I'm glad we did this. Um, but that sums that up. Let's talk tournament now. Tiger Woods is on the course. Right, I saw a lot of Instagram stories of him walking it today. He looks better than he did at the Masters. I'm not a doctor, but he just looked better walking um, and hitting the ball. Sean, I want you to give me your honorary pick and then I will give you as I do for all majors and some other tournaments my foursome Max Homa is winning this thing oh baby Max Homa all right you took Maxi boy off the board so he was going to be one of my picks but I'm going to let you have him to yourself he won he won last weekend he's been playing great golf it's about fucking time he wins a major don't you think Absolutely. I, I, nothing would make me happier. Um, I know. First golfer on I my list. I had your heart in my mind when I made this pick. <laughs> but I also feel good about it. I, I like that pick. First guy in my mind to add to my foursome. Qu- claims it is his favorite course in the world. Most recent major winner, Scotty Scheffler. Nice. I know hey, it's he tough was to my win back-to-back. I, I, honestly, I don't even know the last time somebody won back-to-back. It was probably Tiger when he won the Tiger Slam, which is we get further and further away from that is just unfathomable. Uh, Unreal. Number two for me, he's been playing really good golf lately. He was on Max Homa's heels in that last round, um, and that is Roy McIlroy. Mm. He needs to win a major. He's got a kid now. He's got that dad strength. He needs to win a major and silence all the doubters saying, is he done? Ready for number three? Oh, yeah. Keep going. The thing that's that's giving me even more conviction to pick this guy is that he didn't win this past week down by you in Dallas, Texas at the Byron Nelson. He finished second. They were in McKinney, right? Right right outside of Dallas. I believe so. Um, Yep. He finished second. He was like 18 under, 19 under, something like that. It's apparently the easiest course on the tour. Um, that is Jordan Spieth. Oh, home Jordan's back. Um, 
And my last guy, I am going to go with somebody that's a little more out there. The guy hits the ball a fucking country mile. And this is apparently a second club, you know, irons course, second shot course out there in, um, it's called Southern Hills Country Club in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Probably close enough for you to make your way up there if you want to. Um, That's that's a hike. That's like 10 hours, 12 hours. Closer than me. Not by flight. Yeah, of course. I mean, I could get a lot of places quicker in a flight than you could in a car. Um, the fourth guy is Cameron Champ. Okay. Yep. Those are my four. So you got Cameron Champ, Rory, Scheffler, Spieth, and uh, and Spieth. And yep. you have with your honorary pick one to one of these Max days Homa. we are going to get you up to a foursome, but we're going to give you one today. Our boy Max Homa. Hey, I, I I held my water with fucking Scotty Scheffler for the Masters. Oh, you I just picked me? it too late. Yeah. But I, I I I crushed that pick. You were proud of me. I am. I'm still proud of you. Just like you are with me in college <laughs> football. I, I can't wait. You know, spring ball starting off. I know. See, this is what like four years of a podcast give us is we've blended interests now where yes. we can just make this so refined. Speaking nice. speaking of blended interest, have you finished winning time? It's only the I tenth have. episode. Yeah, I have. I, I actually just finished it right before we got on our call here. What did what did you think? I thought it was great. I thought the ending was was perfect and I was just so I was so enamored with how the show came together and how just episode bled into episode. I thought it was great, man. I thought it was so, so well done. And it was, you know, it was a series that I really enjoyed. Something that, you know, if they keep going into further seasons, I'm going to be all in on. Yeah, I'm in complete agreement. Um, You know, putting all of the small historical inaccuracies to the side, I don't care. It was it was a really good show. Acting was superb. You know, just everybody that they got, I felt fit their roles perfectly. And it was captivating. It was it was really fun. And as we talked about last week, there was some historical inaccuracies for sure and dramatizations, but it was all based around historical fact. And, you know, that's what makes a great TV show. This was not a documentary, so people need to calm the fuck down. No doubt about it. Um, anything else going on? Hotter than fucking shit down here. Uh, yeah, it's getting hot up here, I'm... too dog sitting uh friend's puppy this past weekend which was fun it was nice to nice to take care of her but at the same time it was also a decent amount of work and this this puppy you know there's energy there's a lot of there's a lot of built up energy and decided that she wanted to walk sometimes during the absolute hottest times of the day uh 100 degrees you know 99 degrees beat sun and she's just you know trying to have a nice little walk. I'm like, I'm dying. And I'm in pretty good shape. But I'm like, this is I'm I've changed clothes like three times today, walking you for twenty minutes each time. I can't do this. So, you know, puppy down here, and I'm gonna have to take some time before I decide to make that make that decision. Well, you got a trial run, which is always what you need. Yeah. No, it was good. It was good to have her around. She's a good pup, but yeah, I was also like, okay, good. I don't have to go out tomorrow at at 2 p.m. when it's 98 degrees and I feel like I'm walking into an oven. Um, we haven't gotten rain in like three and a half weeks. Um, 
my allergies are finally gone, but my dear God, man, it, it is terrible. So I'm glad that it's warm enough for you. You can have some of my heat if you want. <laughs> yeah, me and Michaela just put one of the air conditioners in. We got to go up and get the other one from her house. We're living in uh, we're living in dire states. I this might be aside from my other apartment. You know, I grew up with central air, so I was a blessed boy. No, you were. I mean, that is the nice thing about here is like that's built in. It's not even part of your energy bill. Like they're wow. just like, no, this is this is covered in your rent because it's on nine and a half months out of the year. Yeah, it's but, kind of a necessity. Hey, how's, exactly. Hey, how's your uh, how's your mom's new pup? He's good. He's good. You know, he likes to piss in the house a lot, which I tried to explain. Sure. To her. I was like, he's a boy. Sometimes he just sniffs something and he's like, I got a I got a little, little bit out here. And so people could smell me. So you kind of just got to keep your eye out for him and, and yell at him. A little different than having a girl dog, but she loves him. Uh, it's keeping her busy, so that's all that really matters. Good. Um, but Good. yeah, he's very and, cute. And Soy is still causing some trouble around your place? Soy's a really Soy's Soy's a dick. He's just a dick. It's <laughs> the only way I can describe it. He's a dick. But I think he does it just to just to spite you. I love him, so whatever. That's a, it is that's what it is. I mean, I did teach him that one trick where when I fall asleep, he never does anything to me, but he loves to just sprint around the house and slap Michaela in the face, which makes me giggle. Well, I'm sure it does. No, of all the things you could teach him, that, that sounds like the right one that you would choose. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's pretty much it around here, you know, getting out on the links. But that's it. You know, I got a lot of weddings coming up. I know you got a lot of travel coming up. Me and you got to coordinate so we can run into each other up here. I believe it will be early, early August that I'm making my way up. Early now. August I should be fine by me. I got a trip up to Maine so. in late August, but aside from that, I should be around. June and July are my big wedding travel months. Yeah, I, I was thinking July, but I was like, I, I'm just trying to bank these days off so I can get like five days up there. You know, I don't really want to do three and a half or whatever. And like have to rush home. I'm like, I really When's the wedding? Time, so. well, let's see. The next wedding that I'm a part of is in mid-September. Oh, okay. in D.C. And then the one after that is here in Austin. So it's not going to require any travel. Where's your brother's wedding? Uh, uh, next October. Oh, okay. okay. That gives yeah. us enough time for to get your swing right. <laughs> yeah, before his bachelor party, which I know he he's like, all I want to do is get like a fucking cabin and and play golf three days in a row and fucking drink beer. I was like, all right, looks like I guess I gotta get my khakis on. Yeah, he's a man yeah. after my heart. There, that's all I want to do too. A cabin I could do without, but the golf is yeah. really what I want. Where does he, where does he want to go? Well, that's on he's you, not right? Sure. He's probably. Yeah, he'll no, he'll probably do something in like New York State or something. Well, I'll tell you what, I I went to a COVID bachelor party in Lake George, and there's a lot of really good golf up there. There's like a top. Oh, I'm sure. There's a top like fifty New York State golf course up there that you guys could get on, and there's also a top of the world golf course, which is where we played. Incredible views. I'm not nice. a big lake yeah, I'm guy, sure. but. It was okay. I'm sure he'll target that. I'm sure he'll target that. He likes his cheap beer and he likes to hit and he likes to hit the links. That's a, that's my brother. So sounds like a perfect place for him. Yep. All right. So we'll figure that out. But yeah, looks like I'll be seeing you in a few months. But until then, we've got a lot of sports to talk. 
And uh, maybe we'll do another one this week. Maybe not. But anyway, (laughs) Tom, it was was great talking to you, man. And uh, everybody listening, thank you for for staying with us as we try to get back into rhythm here. But a lot going on. So we're just trying to keep up with it all. Yes, sir, man. Great talking, everybody. We'll talk to you guys soon.